And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the latest Head of the Pack. Bill and I are here in Minneapolis inside the U.S. Bank Stadium press box after what was a thrilling game. Bill, we turned to each other a couple times since we were sitting next to each other in the press box and said, man, I love my job. That, that was it went from a 16-3 game that looked like it was going to be a snoozer to an extremely entertaining entertaining game with a couple late uh, lead changes. Um, Packers ultimately lose 34-31. You know, if you watch the, the first half and even the first part of the second half, you think they have no business winning that game. The offense kept them in, but, you know, it was kind of the opposite script of what we've watched this season. The The defense keeps the offense in, and they do just enough to win. Today, the offense kept the defense in, and the defense did not do enough. Um, Joe Barry's unit got absolutely slaughtered today, allowed more than 30 points for only the second time this season. Um, last time was, was that week one loss. Just a really poor effort from from the defense all around. And, and I want to get your thoughts on it, but the, the stat that jumped out most to me was the Packers secondary was so good last week against Seattle. They held DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to five catches on 16 targets for 49 yards. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen today, 16 catches on 20 targets, 251 yards and three touchdowns. Packers, Packers secondary was completely lost today. Yeah, Eric Stokes has had a hell of a year, Matt, as a rookie, but he was torched today. Kevin King, who's Played really well when he's been healthy. He gave up some plays today on that game-winning drive. Rasul, I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if Rasul Douglas lost the ball in the, in the lights or he didn't see. I don't know what happened there, but he, he was running the wrong way when Thielen caught the ball. Shannon Sullivan has been pretty playing pretty well. He got beat a bunch. It's quite a league, isn't it, Matt? You were, you were going through the scores earlier today. It's... Right when you think you've everything figured out, you get it, you know the Packers play crap today and, and you, you go through some of the scores, Matt. It's... I don't know what you make out of one game in this league anymore. Yeah, I mean, the the Texans beat the Titans today. There you the, go. The Colts slaughtered the Bills. The um, the Ravens with Tyler Huntley, their backup quarterback, beat the Bears. The Bears stink, but um, that's still surprising. It's unpredictable. I mean, I'm watching this Cardinals-Seahawks game right now. The Cardinals just sealed it. So the Cardinals will retake the number one seed, but the Packers have an important stretch coming up here. They have the Rams, who are 7-3, and three, uh, coming into Lambeau Field next Sunday. The Rams are coming off a bye, coming off that blowout loss against the 49ers last Monday night. They have Odell Beckham Jr., you know, all the glitz and the glamour of them. Um, that's going to be a big game for the Packers because they, they can't go into their own bye week with two straight losses after what they did the first half of the season. You know, the question was, can the offense figure it out? They led the league in points per game last year with 31.8. Hadn't, you know, eclipsed 30 since 
uh, that week two win over the Lions. They do that today. They come alive in the second half. Devontae Adams finds the end zone twice. Rodgers, what was he, 10 of 11 for 190 what yards in the second half? Yeah, 10 of 11 for 197 and three touchdowns. The incomplete pass, a throwaway. So it can't play much better than that. Yeah, and you, you were in Rodgers' presser. Um, what did he say about that toe injury? And do you think that's any concern going forward or because of how he played in the second half today, not so much? Yeah, he called it very, very painful. He said he got stepped on. Gosh, I don't know if it was the first try, but it was definitely the first quarter. He got the toe stepped on, which said, you know, all the healing that had basically taken place over the last several days had gone out the window, which is why the Fox camera showed him in the tunnel before halftime. He's going in for to get it checked out and some treatment, I presume. Um, he said this week, this coming week, this coming week will be much like this past week where he didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. And I know Tom Pelissero reported on Friday that he took 15 snaps at Friday's practice. So Rogers said it'd be a similar trajectory to that. And then the hope is he gets through the Rams game and then he feels better after the bye. But um, is it a concern? Yeah, you need your quarterback practicing. I realize he played a hell of a game for the final 30 minutes, but you need your quarterback practicing. You do. And, you know, we'll see if that affects Rogers' play. He said... You know, it would kind of be the same practice schedule this week. He probably won't do much this week. Um, so we'll see uh, on that front. Bill, I just posed this question to a couple of you in the press box. I don't think the Packers are going to move on from Mason Crosby, but, man, that's two games now, and I understand today wasn't entirely his fault. I blame this one mostly on the defense, but they lose by six to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. He misses two field goals. The laces were bad on both those, so... But then the next week, Mo Drayton says to us, Mason Crosby deserves better. And then each of the two games since then, it seems that Crosby was the main culprit in a missed field goal. Yes, he made a 54-yarder on the, on the first drive of the game, but then he hits a, a 32-yarder off the left upright. And you said right before it, watch, he's going to miss this one. And normally <laughs> when we kid in the press box like that, you guys are wrong and I'm right, but you were right. Just clanked it. You could hear it throughout the entire stadium. It, that's shorter than an extra point. And the laces and snaps seem fine. Granted, I'm no expert, but that one seemed, at least from first glance, like Crosby's fault. The Packers have now missed an NFL high eight field goals this year. They've protected J.J. Molson, the second-year kicker out of UCLA, on the practice squad all year. How much longer can they, can they do this? Oh, they're going to roll with him for the rest of the year, Matt. I mean, I think you got to bank on the track record. you got to bank on... Gosh, it's been a long day. My head scrambled from those. I believe it was 2012 when he was 21 out of 33 on field goals. Ooh. He was he was the worst in the league by percentage. Um, there was a stretch where he made, I wrote over the weekend, 6 out of 14, and that was part of a larger stretch out of 12 out of 24. He made his last six that year. He made the last four of the regular season. He made them both in the playoffs. I think he got a bank with the track record. This all has to be mental, right, at this point? It's been such a shit show between snaps, holds, protection. He's just got to be a head case at this point. So if he can put strain together a few good weeks, maybe get some feeling good about things. I just wonder what he's thinking when he goes up there, if he's heading the line of scrimmage, thinking, boy, how are these guys going to screw up this one? And now he's screwing himself up. But no, I don't, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, contractually, he's probably gone next year. But like you mentioned J.J. Molson. He made a 60-yarder in training camp, Matt. You keep that? bringing that up. I want to <laughs> see it in a game. Yeah, but, so, I mean, clearly they're protecting the guy for a reason. Yeah, 
we talked to Mason on Friday, and yeah, he took the blame for all the misses, but he also sprinkled in a little bit of, you know, there are growing pains with a new operation. They cut a, a pretty good holder right before the season in J.K. Scott, and Corey Bajorquez is not the greatest holder. You know, they cut Hunter Bradley before week nine, and Stephen Wordle, I mean, that snap on Bajorquez's first punt today might be the worst long snap I've ever seen in my life. I mean, yes, I think everyone deserves blame. The protection, at least, has seemed better than it was at the start of the season mm-hmm. on the field goal units. Now the other three guys have to get it figured out because now, technically, their missed field goals in two of the last three games are the point differential by which they've lost. And that can't happen. Yeah, I don't. It, it's hard to believe. I mean, Hunter Bradley was not a great snapper, and we all know that. Um, what, what's it's? How can that have screwed up things? But clearly, I don't know. It's these guys are professionals, and they haven't been able to figure it out in all these weeks. Is it's mystifying to me. But it's going to bite them in the ass, isn't it, Matt? Can't you just feel it? And we've got this a thousand times on Twitter. The playoffs are going to come, and they're going to miss a winning field goal. It's possible. You just feel it coming. These guys, these guys have lost so many games in so many brutal ways over the years. Um, I think Packers fans are just kind of trained to expect the worst, and this is an easy way to expect the worst. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, yeah, Crosby has still missed the most field goals in the NFL through this week. So that's and, not And they're all over like the last, what, six games? Well, Cincinnati was week, what, five or six? Week five. They missed three week five. So two, it's over the last seven games? Two week nine, one in the last two weeks. So that's seven. And then they missed one other in there. Um, they had one blocked against Washington. Washington. Yeah, it was Washington in week seven. So, yeah. It's just not good. They got to get it figured out. Um, how about the offense? I know it kind of gets lost in the shuffle because um, of how poorly the defense played. Actually, no. I can't believe we forgot to talk about this. I, I knew there was something that I wanted to touch on at the beginning, but I forgot about it and it just clicked. Uh, Elton Jenkins. Brutal. If he, I mean, I mean, presumably brutal. Presumably. Matt LaFleur had, had no update. He said he'll give us one tomorrow. But Ian Rappaport reported pretty quickly after Elton Jenkins left the field that it's feared to be a torn ACL. He went down on um, a sack. I don't, I don't know if he gave it up, but early in the fourth quarter and kind of clutched at the back of his left knee. It did not look good. He, he had a really bad limp getting off the field was carted to the locker room shortly thereafter. And it's just a a brutal loss for the Packers because who knows when, if David Bakhtiari is going to come back this season. He started practicing the Wednesday before that Washington game in Week 7, participated in every practice until the Friday before the uh, Seattle game in Week 10, and, I mean, hasn't practiced since then. Missed four games, and Matt LaFleur keeps saying, Day by day, day by day. But Aaron Rodgers used the word unknown tonight when discussing Bakhtiari's impending return, if it is that. Nobody knows if he's going to come back. Jenkins is out. You know, the Packers can can ride Yash Nijman for three games like they did earlier this year, you know, using a lot of tight end chips and whatnot. But can they do it for six games plus the playoffs? I don't know. They're they're gonna need they're not gonna rush Bakhtiari back, but they need him back 
in the worst way right now, especially because it doesn't look good for, for Jenkins. Yeah, first of all, I thought Nijman played pretty well tonight just watching it live. And he played pretty well the three games, so that gives you some hope. But how many times have we talked about in this podcast, Matt, if they can just get Bakhtiari back and then they can put Jenkins at center or whatever they're going to do, and now your offensive line is fixed and now the offense can take off. And now you've got the possibility they're not going to have either of those guys for the rest of the year. In what looked like a Super Bowl kind of season, we've talked Super Bowl both on the podcast and in the, in the press box. Seriously, Matt, how in the hell did they win a Super Bowl with that offense line? Bill, we and saw... it's no offense to those guys, but Bakhtiari and Jenkins are elite players. We saw last year that um, you know they were the one seed. They were rolling going into the playoffs, and then they stumble against the, the Buccaneers. And most notably, not most notably, but something that stands out about that game is, I believe... After both of Jair Alexander's second-half interceptions, the Packers had three and outs, if I'm not mistaken, and, and Rodgers was pressured heavily on those plays. And I believe the two games Rodgers was sacked the most last season, the Panthers might have been in there too, um, were against the Buccaneers. And, you know, the Rams have a great pass rush. The Cardinals have a good pass rush. The teams you're going to have to beat in the playoffs to get to that Super Bowl have pass rushes that will cause problems for any offensive line, let alone one without two of the better offensive linemen in football. Yeah, that's a great point, man. Bringing up, bringing up the quality of the pass rushers coming up, that's, that's a hell of a point. Um, I swear that they never, ever, ever would have lost to Tampa Bay in the championship game with Bakhtiari. They gave up five sacks in that game. I agree. Because Billy Turner is at right tackle where he belongs, and they, they go to the Super Bowl with Bakhtiari, and – and now you're going to this thing with what maybe Yash Nyman as your as left tackle, and you're going to go forward again with with Royce Newman at guard, and who's had some struggles. It's going to be tough. I mean, Lafleur's a hell of a game planner and scheme guy, and Rodgers can work around a lot of stuff. But like you said, when it, when push comes to shove and you need to win playoff games, how are you going to beat these really good teams with really good pass rushers? Yeah, and I mean, listen, we know everyone's injured. Like, the Cardinals just beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy. The, the Chiefs just beat the Cowboys by 10. So you never know what can happen in this league. But if the Packers, you know, Josh Myers, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, Aaron Jones should be coming back probably after the bye. You know, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, Alan Lazard missed today. The injury, Rashawn Gary missed today. The injury bug is just killing the Packers right now. And, you know... To contend in these games is impressive, but at some point they got to show that they can win these close games. When I mean, they did against the Cardinals with all their wide receivers out, but they might have to win a playoff game with all these with all these guys banged up. Eight starters out by the end of the game, and that's not even including Gary, who's not really really wouldn't be a starter if Zedarius was playing. So that's that's it's 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 all. Great to talk about next man up, but your next man up generally is uh, not as good as the, the first man up, and then that's a lot of guys. So, again, maybe Bakhtiar will be back here in a couple of weeks after the bye week. Maybe he just needed some some rest. They've been really tight-lipped about it, though, Matt, I have, which probably should give you pause about his future this year. They just have refused to say anything whatsoever about him. Yeah. You know, you never like to read too much into stuff, but it certainly doesn't seem promising how deflective LaFleur has been. And, you know, 
the line that it's not a linear recovery from ACL. It's not a linear process. I understand that, but he practices every day for three weeks and then doesn't practice for four days in a row. And you're not willing to say that it's a setback. Something's something's going on there, and it it doesn't look promising for you know maybe there maybe he did have a little bit of a setback, and and they think he can be ready after the bye, but it doesn't mm-hmm. look great right now. So again, maybe you get Jair Alexander back and you, and you win with the defense, which maybe maybe your best hope at this point. It's possible. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, let's get to some questions. First one here from Brian, what the hell is going on around there? That's a fair question. Um, <laughs> let's see. That, that was Matt that was Matt during transcription time. What the hell is going on around here? There's a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff in the press box today. From Cecilia, Cecilia, loyal listener, how can Green Bay improve the ball awareness and playmaking ability of their DBs in good position, just don't see the ball or catch when it's right to them? That's a great question. You know, Eric Stokes had one of those on a deep ball down the right sideline today. That's kind of Darnell Savage's M.O. He had the one uh, deep down the middle, really bad throw by Kirk Cousins, and, and Adam Thielen breaks it up. Uh, then there's the obvious one. The one time Cousins makes a bad throw to Justin Jefferson, and it looks like Savage picks it off, and the Packers are going to have a chance to go down and kick a field goal to win, and he just can't hold on to it. You know, The saying is, DBs are wide receivers who can't catch, and there Darnell Savage cannot catch, and it's a big problem for the Packers right now because he's always in pretty decent position. Like the one to Jefferson down the field, it was a ter- not the one that he almost intercepted. Uh, that one was to Thielen, but the one before that, I believe, where Savage gets there early and just body slams the guy. Like there's no awareness whatsoever when he gets to the play. He was there in perfect timing, but he just railroaded him right before it. And, you know, he can be a really good safety but that's a great point. He has to improve his awareness when the play is right near him. Yeah, um, it's it's not it's not that they don't practice it. I mean, we're out there every day, and obviously, it's not very long that we're out there. But when we are out there, it's nothing but ball drills. It's all they do is ball drills. The coaches are throwing them the balls on weird angles, running downfield, coming toward the ball. God knows they're trying. God knows they're drilling it. But I think, like Matt said. Defensive guys play defense for a reason. Yeah, because they can't catch. Because um, they can't catch. Next up, from Joe O'Keefe. Sure, special teams missed a field goal, and the defensive secondary struggled in pass coverage and in securing turnovers. But what happened with the O-line and its multiple penalties today that were a factor in the game? Was the Viking defense better than anticipated? I think John Runyon Jr. was the only one not to have a penalty. Um 
off the top of my head, Billy Turner had two. Jenkins had one. Lucas Patrick had a false start. Um, Royce Newman had a false start or a hold. And, and Matt LaFleur brought it up after the game. You know, they found themselves in first and 20, second and 20. Like, it's really hard to get back on track when you're costing yourselves 10 yards at the beginning of every drive. Yeah, the offense didn't play well, but the offensive line is putting them in bad, bad positions. They, they pass protected well today, but, you know, the penalties just absolutely killed them in terms of getting drives going. Yeah, I will say it, it is really loud here. It is really, really loud, and I'm not sure. Everyone talks about Arrowhead and all that, but it makes it a challenge on all these guys, and, you know, they, had to get, they gave up on running the ball fairly early. So it becomes a challenge to pass block guys when you know they're going to – when everybody in the building knows what you're going to do offensively. I mean, the whole the second half, they it was just throw the ball over the field mode. So that doesn't help. Um, boy, I don't think Billy Turner has been penalized that many times this year. So it was an un, a, 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 a rare game from that perspective for him. And, and here's an interesting stat that I just thought of. Or this doesn't really have anything to do with it, but um, – that 12-man on the field penalty at the very beginning of the Vikings game-winning drive was the Packers' first 12-man on the field penalty this season. What a time to have it. Right after a kickoff, too, Matt LaFleur called it inexcusable and embarrassing. I haven't seen him get that angry. You know, I asked him about it. I don't think he was angry at me, but I think he was angry at the play. You know, how in the world do you have 12-man on the field coming out of a stoppage in play? Yeah, maybe it didn't cost him as much as some other plays that drive, but that's five free yards compounding with the dropped interception the play before man that's bad yeah and the pi that you mentioned earlier in the earlier in the show too um to just giving away yards that you can't they're i realized they were number three in the league defensively entering this game but they're they're not that good matt you can't you can't hand people stuff yeah whether it's the defense of that or again, you know they're so short-handed I, I offensively too. You, you can't you can't be on first and 20 you, you can't kill yourself I, I did hear or, or read some stuff on Twitter about, oh, this is the defense they've always been. They've just gotten lucky. I disagree with that. You know, th they haven't had one or two or three games of excellence and a bunch of turnovers. Like, the last three games, as we talked about, they held Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson to 34 combined points. That's good. They hadn't allowed more than 22 since week three. I still mm -hmm. think this defense is for real. Not having Rashawn Gary hurt, although the Packers yep. did pressure – uh, Kirk Cousins on 40.5% of his dropbacks. That was a next-gen stats nugget right there. And they have to hope that this was just an uncharacteristically bad game for the secondary against arguably the best one-two receiver punch in the league. It's not like this came against Joe Schmo and, right. and you know, Ron Burgundy. It's like... <laughs> This is a really good one-two punch, and Justin Jefferson's one of the best young receivers, best receivers overall in the league. Um, I still think the Packers have a great defense. Yeah, I guess my point was talent-wise, just because they're they're so limited, it's not a great defense from that perspective, and they they have to do so many things. I don't want to say perfectly, but they have to do so many things well, and they have to be on the same page consistently. Or, I mean, gosh, those two—I think probably the first two deep balls of Jefferson. And blown coverages. Oh, nobody I mean, Henry, even close. Henry Henry Black on the on the deep crossing that looked like he dropped it, and then the other deep ball Stokes dropped coverage on that one, and those and that was just to start the game. So you can't. Great players 
are going to make great plays, but you can't give them the cheap stuff. And that was a rarity today this, to see the, the defensive breakdowns in, in that regard. From the Muck Man, since it's early, since it's nearly midnight in Sweden, this was sent a couple hours ago. <laughs> I appreciate you listening. And I'm gutted after the loss. I need to post my head of the pack question here. Is this Crosby's last season? Yeah, I think so. Um, like we said, we don't think they'll move on from him in the middle of the season. But after the season, they can open up a couple million against the cap by cutting him. And that might have been the decision, even if he kicked well this season. Mm-hmm. He's kicked very poorly this season, which will make it um, even easier of a decision to move on from him and free up that cap space. Yep, $2.4 million in cap savings by moving on after the season. And they are in such cap hell right now. I'm, I'm guessing that was the plan all along by Goody, which, of course, is why they have a kicker on the practice squad. Yep. Protecting the kicker on the practice squad. Protecting the kicker on the practice squad. Let's do a couple more. From Matt Pickett. What do you make of the fact that this is the second most points the Packers have scored and given up, especially after last week's shutout? They just can't put together a complete game. You know, they played so well on defense, and the one game they play poorly on defense is when they play great on offense. You know, we haven't seen that complimentary football in a while. And I'm not sure when we will. Um, maybe it'll be next week against the Rams, but for the last you know two months, the Packers have ridden their defense and their offense has been just good enough. Today, the offense was great in the second half especially, and the defense was piss poor. So you're not going to win that many games in this league, especially not the Super Bowl if you can't play complimentary football. And the Packers haven't yet this year. Right. I do think if you're looking for the silver lining, though, it, it is the offense played well the last, what, 30 two, 33 minutes of the game, because it's been, they've been mediocre. I think, I think the end of the week, 19th or 20th in total offense in points. Rodgers' pass rating was down 20 points over last year. They were down a touchdown, more than a touchdown in, per game in scoring. They have not been good this year. That they got rolling for the, you know, the end of the first half, then throughout the second half. I, I think, I think if you want to look at a, at a bright spot, it's that Rodgers finally got going and those receivers finally got going. I think that's the bright side. Yeah. Here's one from Steve Roush. If Bakhtiari can't come back and with Jenkins looking like his season at the least is over, do they realistically have the horses on the offensive line to get them far into the playoffs? Or will there just be too many holes that can't be filled? We kind of touched on this. You know, We thought if Bakhtiari comes back, Royce Newman goes to the bench, um, Jenkins goes to center, and Lucas Patrick maybe goes to right guard. Now if Bakhtiari comes back, Royce Newman has to stay in the starting lineup. That's best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario is Yash Nyman, John Runyon Jr., Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, Billy Turner. Is that a Super Bowl-worthy offensive line to you, Bill? It, it, is, it doesn't sound like one to me. No, it's not. Again, a great coach and a great quarterback can beat some of that stuff, but at some point, you've, you've got to you've, you, you just got to go play football, you, you know, they, they will chip and they will do things to help Yash Nyman out at left tackle. But at some point, you got to take the training wheels off. You just can't go run three guys out in routes or four guys out in routes in all game. I hope it's enough. You got to send out five and you got to trust that your offensive line can block. I don't think they will be, I don't think they'll be able to, honestly. It's a fair point. I don't blame you. 
All right, that's all we've got. Um, you know where to find Bill's stuff. And listen, we're, we're going to have a solid episode for you guys after um, next week's games against the Rams. We hope you guys all have a happy Thanksgiving. Whenever you're listening to this, um, enjoy the time with family. Make sure to check theathletic.com on Tuesday morning for a story I've been working on for a couple months. And thankfully, the player who it's about <laughs> did not get injured today. That's the hint I'll give you. Um, sat down with him for about 30 minutes the other day, and hopefully you give it a read. Matt had some great anecdotes. He's kind of given me a little bit of the anecdotes from, from this interview. Yeah, you'll want to read it. <laughs> and it's Black Friday. Got the Black Friday deal coming up. Black Friday it's a great deal, deal. Coming out. That's true. There you go. There you go. So appreciate you guys. Um, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.